0: tuned into Invisi Youth Chat Sessions,
1: a video podcast series. Our episode starts right now. Here's your host, Dominique Vail. Hello everyone and welcome back to the InvisiYouth chat sessions where we can have you check in for your dose of stigma breaking, humor filling, empowerment building, life hacks and motivation tips for all of the medically adultish people in your life. I'm Dominique Vale, the founder of Invisi Youth, and today is season two episode 21 of the chat sessions. So if you are watching us on our YouTube channel, you can see that we're in a little bit of a new home. We um, with our lovely family at Gotham podcast, we now have a new home in Midtown. So you get to see a new set. Make sure If you are listening to our podcast, check out our YouTube channel, give it a subscribe, and then you'll get to see not only this wonderful new set of ours, but you'll get to see our wonderful guest that's on today. So I'm going to fully introduce her, and I'm so excited to have her on the show today because she's not only made a pretty incredible name for herself in the activism, social media world, and chronic illness community, but she's also a very dear friend of mine and has been such a supporter of Invisi Youth the past couple years that we've known each other Miss Haley Grip. So Haley is an anti-bullying and disability advocate and has used her experiences of having Tourette's syndrome along with her past experiences of being an actress and a print model to bring a voice and a face to the health community and especially for us a close one to my heart the invisible illness community. And I like to say that Haley's resume is pretty impressive. I'm only listing a few (laughs) things that Haley's done, and it's pretty epic. She has been featured in news outlets like Yahoo News and BuzzFeed, lobbying with senators on Capitol Hill while playing a prominent role in updating and revising education laws like the IDEA Act and the CARE Bill, and helping to launch a female vegan lifestyle website called Girls Who Eat Plants. That's her work even outside of the disability and chronic illness community, and that part of her resume is even more impressive, too, why we love her so much. Haley has collaborated with people like Dr. Raj, who's on the hit TV series The Doctors, and was able to release an ebook with him. She also is in development of her own nonprofit, which will get to feature social media workshops for those with disabilities in order to use that space creatively and positively and empoweringly for them and this past June Haley also hosted a health and wellness weekend that was during the Tourette syndrome awareness month as well and it featured so many amazing things some of them were crystal healing classes yoga classes cardio sessions she also had a panel of guest experts and celebs talking about self-love And now Haley gets to split her time between Los Angeles and New York City, where she's going to be developing even more amazing projects. She has a campaign in the work that's going to be hashtag post with integrity and hashtag share with love, which really is creating an empowering movement for so many young people to embrace the strength of vulnerability and sharing their stories positively on social media. And she's also filming a documentary that will focus on her life, her ways of overcoming adversity focusing on Tourette's syndrome and finding her voice and once you get to have her for the rest of this episode you'll get to see the amazing voice that Haley has so everybody welcome Haley to the show hi Haley how are you I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. I'm so happy that once we come into our new studio home that you are the guest that we're bringing on. I'm really excited to have our listeners and viewers get to know you a bit more and us to have a really fun chat. I know it's going to be a great a great hour of listening time.
2: Yeah, it's it's... First off, let me start and say it's a complete honor Aww. to not just be on the show, but to personally call you friend okay. and... To be able to support such an incredible cause, I think that at the end of the day, it's not about resumes or credit or whatnot, but the actual impact we make. And that's one thing I truly admire about you is you see that very clearly is the thing that matters most is the impact you're making.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, well, how about we make an hour of impact together? It'll be twice as much, twice as fun and a full girl boss lady moment for the two of us together. Uh, Yes, please. (laughs) Hashtag, what, like boss babes? There we go. Well, we're putting that in right when this episode comes out. That's going to be right in our Instagram caption. There we go. Hashtag boss babes for that one. (laughs) So we're going to dive right in. I want our guests to get to know you a bit better, and we're going to go into our first segment with Haley called Remember the Last Time. Remember the, remember the last time remember the last time all right everyone with remember the last time this sounds it's pretty much like the title we get to go through some quick questions with Haley so you all get to know her better asking about the last time that she's done different things so Haley when was the last time you gave somebody a really nice hug uh,
2: yesterday family I had nanny for for many years or whatnot and I'm still in their life because I kind of fell in love with the kids. <laughs> uh, it was like the six years since I had been in their life. So I made it a point to drive over and spend some time. And I had all three girls run and give me giant hugs and now they're sixteen, oh my 14 <laughs> and nine. So they're not the little kids anymore. Oh my and
1: God. now they can knock me over, but <laughs> it was the best feeling ever. Oh I love that. No I love that. What about what was the last time you visited a place um for the first time? Oh
2: okay okay. Um I when I just before I came back to LA a week ago, I was in New York and all I could think about was French food and I must have like manifested it. <laughs> I was walking. <laughs> I was walking through the West Village. And it came across a little tiny place, and it was the best ever. And I can't even think of the name right now.
1: No, I will get the name. <laughs> they- West Village does have really nice food. You can just find every little tiny corner, and you'll find and amazing was- food. <laughs> so I could actually eat it. Um, All right, which is right. incredible. Yeah. No, no, that's actually that is true. There's so much variety in the city that definitely helps with a vegan like yourself for sure um yeah. what about speaking of food if you were going to bring together your last supper who would be four people you would want at your last supper dead or alive famous or family who would you want there only four oh I, <gasps> what a travesty It's bit you know it's four because we are we celebrated our four-year anniversary this past june so four <laughs> we can we can add them later the rest of your last supper <laughs>
2: well I'm just because uh, in my you know, circle of all the people I love, I couldn't just name four. So I'm going to name people that are inspirations to me who aren't in the close circle because I know that the people who support me are all going to be watching. I don't want anyone <laughs> to feel left out. <laughs> so let's get started. Okay, this is going to be a feminist table, just so we know. Up to, right up um, Audrey Hepburn. Yes. Audrey Hepburn, because she was everything classy, but she also um, did everything to her standards. She really launched the trend of not being overly feminine mm-hmm. and wearing jeans and cutting her hair short. Uh, Amelia Earhart, because of her love of life and fearlessness, and that's something that I admire so much Um, this is someone who is not deceased but Meryl Streep I'm sorry I just adore her Um, simply because she uh, I read an article and it was the first time she ever auditioned she was turned down and told it was because of her looks and she could have gone home and cried but she pushed on and now she's like I mean obviously we know Who she is.
1: (laughs) She's got a room of Oscars.
2: (laughs) I know, exactly. But she also is incredibly skilled and has an amazing heart. And then uh, I'd have to bring in somebody really funny, so maybe like Melissa McCarthy or something, because oh, I, I feel that. like I just need to laugh the entire
1: time. Oh, my gosh. Melissa McCarthy, even pre Bridesmaids, Suki from Gilmore Girls. Uh, yes, Gilmore Girls. Oh, oh, gee, I knew that right away when she, I went, oh, my God, Suki's in Bridesmaids. This is amazing. <laughs> That would be a a really
2: great Last Supper. I think.
1: There we go. Um, What about what was the last time you had to take a a health moment? Sort of with your with your health um, struggles, like my own. When was a time you were like, I have to take a take a self love moment for my health?
2: You know, when I just put on this event, um, the June first and second for Tourette's Syndrome Awareness Month. It was a lot harder than I thought. Mm. And I'm a, a person who I do have pride. And that's something that I work on every day. But it also took a huge toll on my health. Yeah. Um, the stress and just I'm also a perfectionist, I think from growing up people telling me what I can't do, I strive to be an overachiever, which again, is something I'm working on. But then immediately after that, I took people to Joshua Tree to shoot part of the campaign for the post with integrity. Mm-hmm. And um the nonstop. stop it was so much I actually ended up in the hospital oh,
0: boy. and I think that
2: that in itself was a, a wake-up call that
0: mm-hmm. I
2: need to remember above all else to put my help first and I actually ended up in the hospital right after the event prior to Joshua Tree and I went to Joshua Tree the day after but wow. I think it was really hard and it was simply because of my own negligence of not listening to my body I had a an earache on Friday. And by Sunday I had so much pain and such a bad ear infection that oh. my, um, my eardrum almost burst. And that's part of, oh. uh, with the immune deficiency that mm-hmm. I have. That being said, um, you know, I, I had to go and, you know, we actually had to shut down the event a little bit earlier because of this medical emergency. And I have never felt more horrible Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this was a wake up call. And I believe everything happens for a reason. And that was the universe saying, hey, slow down, take care of yourself because you can't help others or make an impact unless you put yourself first.
1: No, no, and that's such a, an amazing sort of even learning experience for a lot of listeners or viewers, too, to really take away from that experience that you had as well, to know that so- sometimes we do need those little check-in moments with our health going. You have to, you have to partner and work well with your chronic illness. It's not, you can't, you can't stay in your own lane away from it. You sometimes have to, have to merge with it and kind of work together to get through things. Absolutely. What about what was the last time you got really good advice?
2: Um, during the Joshua treat that I just went on, gosh, I feel like I'm just promoting everything <laughs> that is not my It's just, <laughs> just this whole past probably two months, I've just grown a lot mm-hmm. and really learned and found my voice. And, um, I brought a self love coach to come where all the girls were and do a session with us. And one of the things that he said to me was, um, or after the session, which I guess I came to the conclusion of, I'm not my past. Mm -hmm. So I, I advocate and, you know, raise awareness and speak and whatnot. I've always kind of clung to my story, which Mm -hmm. is what I know I am, but it was, the most interesting thing when he asked me and the question that um kev crenshaw asked me was well what about the now because that's in the past are you the same person you were huh. and it literally made me take a breath and i was like no and now i i look back and i realized that when i shared my story, I always spoke about it in the past tense. And for me, I still struggle with Tourette's because yeah. it comes and goes. It may not look like I'm ticking right now because I'm holding it in, but I'm also holding in the OCD, the ADHD, the anxiety. You just can't tell because I've had to train myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah no no absolutely that's a really that's a really important thing to mention especially with similar to both of our stories as well having invisible illness it is it is a checkpoint that you have to you have to actually sometimes even remind yourself that you're still living with different chronic illnesses and those symptoms because even on your own end you're not watching them within your own body at the same time so that is a that was actually a really nice sort of piece of piece of motivational advice for you to get kind of leads in and we'll switch a little bit of gears on this one There. when was the last time you received a real letter in the mail, like Hallmark style, had a stamp on it, the whole nine.
2: Oh, okay. Um, I received a thank you note from a dear friend, um, Tracy, and she is the founder of Tracy's Paws. And myself and my dog, Stitch, are huge supporters, and she helps out um, a ton of animal shelters. And helps with adoptions and she actually sent me a thank you note just thanking me for you know posting about her things and coming out and supporting and it was just her saying you know just you being there and whatnot makes all the difference and then it kind of made me realize that it's the same for me how truly grateful I am for the people that support me and my journey
1: No, no, I love that. That is that always is something that's really sweet. And also with her work, too. I love anything that deals with animals and adoption. That's such a such a fond part for me. I love those people who really take care of our our furry friends and family members in that way, too. What, so, what about the last one we're going to do? Obviously, as a nonprofit, we will have to end on this one. When was the last time you went to either a nonprofit event or got to donate to a nonprofit? When was the last time you sort of did a pay it forward moment for another charity?
2: Um, for me, um, charity is a huge part of my life, mm-hmm. but I'm very specific about charities in the way that I support them because i will not just show up on a red carpet without knowing anything about a charity it's not about the press it's not about the credit um i actually like to be involved and one thing that i supported recently was um the beastly ball at the los angeles zoo because they have one of the best rehabilitation and or programs in the country and they um they really go above and beyond in helping animals. So if you think of those news stories where you hear about people with tigers in their backyard and you Mm -hmm. wonder, well, where do they end up? They actually go to the L.A. Zoo where they put them through an incredible state-of-the-art rehabilitation program and try to do their best to relocate them so they're able to be in the wild. And if not, they actually give them life worth living. Now, what I will say is not every zoo is created equal.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I'm not a supporter of all zoos. But um, this one, I, I actually am because I can see the difference that they're actually making. Yeah, And I was so proud to go and support and actually see and they're they're also have one of the top conservation programs and are about conserving the environment and the species Um, so yeah,
1: no, I love that. And kind of even, even I have a quick question before we go to our next segment, Mm -hmm. um, on that. So at those sort at that event, we're also always celebrating animals, but is there, do you love sort of charity events that have that live music element? You have musicians coming in and really sort of boosting the energy in an event room?
2: Yes, there is nothing more wonderful than live music and Really getting to you know hear people put their heart and soul in it.
1: No, I love that. And kind of making a quick little segue into a music conversation, which is why I brought it up to Haley, I wanted to make sure that we thanked one of our amazing charitable sponsors. You guys on our social media have seen that they've done music recitals and donations for our nonprofit over the years. And they are called Music Forever in Edison, New Jersey, which has been so wonderful. They've not only supported the nonprofit's programming and events in fundraising for us, but they're so supportive of the Invisive chat sessions as well by being one of our charities. Charitable sponsors, and for us, I know Haley would definitely agree to the arts are something that's so important for everyone oh, in yeah. the absolutely in the chronic illness and disability community. It's not just from a music therapy standpoint or just building your own mental wellness or being a meditative way of relaxing, but also even in a form of physio, it's good for that sort of pulmonary release using your upper body extremities as well. In a physio, you can always talk to your own physicians about that and ask to sort of incorporate instruments and music into your life with any sort of chronic illness or disability and with Music Forever, they're really such a premier central New Jersey music school for musicians from beginner level all the way through intermediate and advanced training. They also have a chamber ensemble you can join and building that sort of camaraderie of music together with other instruments and their range of highly qualified teachers. These are musicians that have been going to school and have university degrees and are musicians on their own outside and have done a lot of training to be high-quality music teachers. So you get personalized instrumental or voice lessons one-on-one, and it ranges from the traditional guitars, drums, vocal lessons, pianos, and saxophone, all the way to flutes, ukuleles, violins, cellos, bassoons. It's such a large range at Music Forever. And if you need a little TLC for an instrument you already own, they have some amazing expert technicians who have over 50 years of experience so you are going to get some real amazing TLC on your instruments you own or renting an instrument from them too so we want to make sure you're going to be seeing some graphics and information popping up on the screen now um, you're going to have their link below as well musicforevernj.com definitely make sure to reach out to them for all of your music lover needs they have a Facebook page again that's musicforevernj.com and please let them know that Invisi Youth Charity sent them your Way and be able to bring some more music back into your life as well. So, something that music is able to do, and I know Haley would agree with that as well, is bring a lot of motivation and empowerment. So, our next segment with Haley is going to be empowerment with laughter.
0: Ooh,
1: ooh,
2: okay, I'm really excited. I love (laughs) that.
0: Empower
1: with laughter. With Empowerment with Laughter, this is one of my personal favorite segments and Haley just jumped up and down for this one, so I'm really excited. Um, We always are told, especially in the chronic illness and disability community, that laughter is the best form of medicine, but sometimes, you know, you need to know how to use some empowerment and humor in your life. We're not given a prescription of what type of humor we need to build into our daily life with chronic illness and disability. So in Empower with Laughter, we get to talk with our guests about how they empower themselves in different experiences, how they face the highs and lows of life with different types of health struggle and never fitting into that box of quote-unquote normal. So a big thing I wanted to bring up, and for all of you guys, I know at the end of the episode, Haley's going to list off all of her social media handles so you can connect with her. But a big thing you'll see on her Instagram is this focus on self-love and self-worth and the journey that that is for somebody, especially with a chronic illness or a disability. So I really wanted to ask Haley, what would be sort of some steps on your own? that you feel are able to empower you within your life that are really good for sort of self-motivation?
2: You know, um, one of the things that you bring up is the social media aspect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you're so positive, like like you've overcome so much and, you know, I'm the person, I don't have a victim mentality. If you ask me my story, I will tell you. Mm-hmm. But I share it from an education standpoint yeah. to never get up hope. But I think that on social media, I do have really rough days, too. Yeah. And I try my best to incorporate those in. Um, but I also, you know, get about 50 girls or, or people in general. There's some guys too, from around the world who message me per week
0: mm-hmm. and
2: ask advice um, about self-worth or being bullied or have disabilities and I try my best to answer every single one and so I really try no matter what even when I'm struggling to have an uplifting voice but it's not always easy and I think it comes down to a few things of I have a really incredible um, support system of friends and family who literally love me like I'm at my best even when I'm at my worst who encouraged me to be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. because growing up, I didn't have, you know, that those amazing supportive friends that really encouraged that I had to fit in and suppress it. And Mm -hmm. so it's still a totally new concept. But I think that in dealing with any kind of disability or chronic illness, it really does affect not just our self worth, but how we see ourselves as a person. And I really try to start my day every day by looking in the mirror and saying three things I love about myself, and three things I'm grateful for. I love and that. The the last thing that I can also say is, I think that in you know feeling good about ourselves, it also means physically taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So eating what's going to make you feel good. Um, I still I'm not going to lie when I say that. My secret vice is Oreos.
0: <laughs> they it. are vegan,
2: um, but I also know that I need a lot of protein. Mm-hmm. I have to have you know my vitamins and um, and a lot of vegetables and drink a lot of water. And it's taking care of myself that makes me mentally also feel good.
1: Yeah, no, that's really that's critical. And I love a point that you made in the beginning, too, is that it is a a journey with empowering yourself and having that self love. And that's sort of a big tip that I wanted to even reinforce on your end is that if you have bad days, it doesn't mean that all of the positive days and the days you were confident and felt motivated and worked hard on your health and your work and friendships. It doesn't mean if you have one bad day, medically or personally, that it's a complete setback in your self love and your self worth that's a big thing a lot of people will say is well i had a bad week or my health's been really crazy and i'm i'm just having a really hard time this past month but it is like you said knowing that every day is different and knowing that you're still moving forward even if you have days where you sort of are not feeling your best it's not that's not the definition of your entire journey with a chronic illness or a disability is it is sort of a an evolution all the time
2: and and i think also uh a big part of drawing off of that and that has to do with self-worth and i still have to remind myself and and granted i know all about self-worth self-love but i think anybody who's been bullied or dealt with adversities is is just going to struggle and you Mm -hmm. constantly are growing but i also um a question you asked earlier was some of the best advice i got and one of them was from a life coach and he said to me you know you need to disassociate uh, yourself from if you fail at something or let someone down or, you know, someone's upset, it doesn't make you a bad person. Mm
0: -hmm. And that
2: was a critical point for me because I had previously, I'd feel physically ill if I upset someone.
0: Um,
2: I put such high standards on myself, but I also pushed myself to really go above and beyond. And that was kind of like where I found started to find my voice and be like, wow, I do have the power to say no. And it doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me a bad friend or whatnot. And it it, it really um, helped me see how strong I am. But differentiating that if I do make a mistake, or if I do accidentally upset someone, you're not a bad person. Just like if you're a If you fail at something, you're not a failure. Yeah. How how can you be a failure if you fail at something? Like if you think of Steve Jobs, for instance, how many times he failed before he found success and Mm -hmm. whatnot. And I think that's with our help is you have a bad day, but it doesn't mean that every day for the rest of your life is going to be bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I even kind of going off of that, too, what would be what would be some tips or advice you'd have of trying to when you're having those bad days, especially like you had mentioned with the chronic illness community, we sort of take it, it becomes an additional problem of sort of your own self-confidence. If you know that your health is what's hindering you and you can't control it or change that, that becomes to be makes you more self-conscious or you lack that confidence in your work area because of your health. So what would be ways, especially from the laughter side of um, Um, this segment's name, what are things that you might try to do to make it more lighthearted in those moments of struggle to kind of boost your confidence?
2: You know, I, um, in this aspect, it could be answered in many ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's not always an answer. Mm -hmm. And I think that things work differently in different circumstances. I mean, health-wise, I, after getting hit by a crazed driver, I left the majority of Hollywood behind because I physically couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, it, but that's kind of how I got on the journey that I'm on now. And, but when I'm having a down day, because part of with Tourette's syndrome is we do deal with highs and lows of depression yeah. um, and anxiety, is I have kind of awesome friends that really check in on me. And I've... Wow. I've been ticking a lot more lately, and anytime I tick, and I have hilarious ticks by the way. <laughs> so, for instance, I've had a friend who was, you know, pregnant. She recently had uh, her child. She was craving Mexican food the entire time, so my ticks kind of morphed into saying enchilada head. <laughs> and her child, yes, they were Mexican themed. Let me just say that, like saying that on the New York subway, probably not, not great. That, <laughs> Stitch the Chihuahua, and I made him go in like a. They have doggy slings that are like baby slings, but because he went in a puddle of gosh knows what in the subway, so yep. I was like, not happening again. I was like the crazy little short little redhead with a dog <laughs> that looked like in a baby sling, I love yelling it. out for Chata Head on the subway, <laughs> um, and I could laugh at that. But whenever I tick, you know, I have this one friend, and anytime I tick, she goes. White linens because we were planning this event, this wellness event, and she was trying to remind me that I needed to pick up white linens. Oh my god. And so any and I was ticking so much before the event that anytime and now it's just like stuck. So anytime I have a new one. But um, you know, it's just being around people who can find the humor in it in an unoffensive way. I used to mm-hmm. growing up be very sensitive. Um, And I've realized that when I learned to laugh that my tics are pretty dang hilarious, like between um, grasshopper brains is another one, chimpanzee on a railroad. Like the other day I had my niece in the car and I I was driving her on her way to ballet and I said, bald bearded ballerina. And let me tell you that (laughs) we both pulled on the side (laughs) of the car. And I died laughing for like ten minutes. She was actually ended up being late in ballet. Oh, no. But it was just because then we were thinking about that and it was like, Oh my god,
1: a bald ballerina <laughs> I love that and it is such a it's it's such a release too and that's such an important thing like you said you kind of honed in on your humor with your chronic illness and having Tourette's is really that it kind of becomes sort of a release of that sort of tension that you have from dealing with health struggles or dealing with a setback or a flare-up it is really it's, it's sort of a positive tool to use to kind of allow you to have that sort of moment of relief and kind of release through it instead of becoming more frustrated about what what you can't do in that moment, it allows you to kind of push through it in a positive way. And like you said, having, having family and friends who can embrace it in a non-offensive way um, is, is, very, is a really beneficial kind of tool of using humor in sort of in your daily life with a health struggle.
2: Absolutely, I think that definitely having humor um, makes life a lot easier. Yeah, you know, being able to see the positive and laugh and say, "Okay, that is really, really hilarious." Like, I had my first cursing tick on on a on a plane. This oh. is actually a funny. I'm not going to curse. I promise. But
1: <laughs> you can. I was reading. I was
2: reading <laughs> the novel, and I think when I was like a little bit younger, I loved these 18th century like mystery romances, and apparently i and i was this was in actually december i was on a plane next to my mom going to see my grandmother and i was like and apparently i was reading my book and i didn't even realize and i go you're a blank (laughs) and and i'm reading and my mother is like this written on i'm still reading and then about a minute and a half later i go you're a blank oh my god (laughs) no (laughs) just said and i go I didn't say anything. Leave me alone. I'm reading. And she goes, oh "My God, you just had your first cursing tick." I go, "No, I didn't." She goes, <laughs> and I go, "Wait, what was it?" And then she says what it was, and I go, "Oh, well, what'd you think the first time I saw it?" And she goes, "Well, I knew that you used to like these like mystery romances, so I thought you were just like reading about <laughs> reading a quote
1: that in the book doesn't <laughs> end up with." <laughs> No, I love that. No, that's really, that's really, I love that the, even especially from a family perspective, because it is sort of, they are the, the sort of the, st- the sort of people who have to watch as well what you go through. So allowing them to kind of have a have a role and have that humor in your health journey is 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 really important. And kind of another question I wanted to ask sort of to end the segment on was a lot of the work that you do. And I know this is something we've talked about quite a bit. I've talked about it on the show with my own health journey is that um, when you're surrounded by healthier, able bodied people, especially in your work of going to events and going to um, others sort of red carpets and doing branding work with um, brands that you partner with you're really surrounded by healthy and able bodied people. So what are what would be sort of your advice for other young people and tips that you would have to sort of become more empowered personally, um, when they're surrounded by people who don't have chronic illness connections that they can see right away so they don't have that immediate understanding of experiences that you would go through. That's a really great question,
2: and I commend you for asking it because nobody's actually asked me that before.
0: <laughs> and You're, this think, is what the uh,
1: Invisive Chat Sessions is all about, groundbreaking <laughs> questions. <laughs> but I think that that question is so important because mm-hmm. I think
0: a
2: lot of people don't realize is, like, for instance, um, you know, there were nights where a good amount of the people involved who were either involved with the event or the campaign or whatnot would be celebratory drinking. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I couldn't, and I, I do, I'll have a glass of wine or whatnot here and there. I'm going to be uh, 26 in August. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am, let's just make that clear.
1: Like, <laughs> we 26. are of age. <laughs>
2: but of knowing my body and also knowing that, you know, sometimes people would stay out later and I'd go home when I needed to. And that yeah. happened like recently as I was out with a friend and I was like, I got to go home. I need, I need to rest. But also when I'm around at these events, I think people don't understand, um, you know, part of what I have is also social anxiety, which is extremely humorous at how outgoing I am. Yeah. But it takes a lot out of me and it also takes a lot out of me to try to hold in my texts and to, you know, be that person. And I think over the last few years, I've become a very private person who really craves my sanctuary at home. I used to be like that person who just thrived on being with others. And I do, I love being around people, but to me, I have learned to enjoy the quiet. Yeah. Um, And I think that that is really important for anyone is to know when you know, you need that rest, even mentally, sometimes, you know, and a friend gave a term for it yesterday. And she said, you know, it's called a mind vacation. Ooh, and sometimes like we can get so overwhelmed or filled with anxiety, or our brain is just filled to the brim. And then, you know, we kind of get brain fog.
0: Yeah. Because, Story life.
2: <laughs> yeah, because we're constantly taking in, yeah. but we aren't taking that step back to completely decompress. So I listen to uh, not meditation music, but actually rain, fall, like music, mm. like what they put on for babies. It's funny. <laughs> and I actually just kind of lay there and I have my headphones in and I you know, make sure the temperature in the room is, is low. So I'd like a fan or the air conditioner. And um, I try to relax and I try to do that at least once a day for 30 minutes and just decompress. And then I come back more focused, more revitalized. Sometimes when I actually take a nap, then I wake up tired um, because my body is someone who needs more sleep. Yeah. And so when I'm like deprived and I set an alarm, that doesn't always work. But just taking that mental break really does
0: help.
1: Yeah, and even sort of even going off of that, too, when you're talking about that mind vacation, which I love, even on the other end, people think that meditation is such a hard skill to learn, and it's something that took me many, many years to do. Um, but there's such short meditation that you can do that's even five minutes, not even five minutes. It's just sort of even a 90-second sort of meditation. Um, I know a big thing that I had actually um, told to me by one of our global brand leaders was, oh, you should listen to um, Echoing of Stonehenge Rocks. And I was like, Stonehenge rocks right. echoing. Yeah, so there's this whole there was this whole sort of backhanded um, scientific research done. Then they have it in YouTube you can find sort of knocking echoes um, within Stonehenge and sort of the echoes of the rock the sounds of it bouncing back and forth between the rocks in that unit in that circle, it sort of can lower your brain frequency and it goes into a calming state, even if you're just listening to it in a room. So I've had that a few times when I'm in the office and there's a lot going on and different time zones and different brand leaders and doing the chat sessions. And so like you said, you need that mind vacation, but that sort of non-traditional way of I'll just put that on in the background and like you have you and toddlers have rain music I have Stonehenge knocking so <laughs> so it both gives us mind vacations but like you said it is something it's just sort of a calming sound in the background that can really be great and especially it's something that people who are healthy and able-bodied can relate to going oh yeah I can meditate or oh my god I, I'm not I'm not able to calm my mind that way it's something that a lot of able-bodied and healthy um co-workers or family members can relate to too. I know a big suggestion I always tell people is, hey, if you if you have bad days, you have to remind healthy, and able-bodied people. A lot of times, something I've learned over the years professionally and in my friend circle and personal life is reminding people that just because my my bad days are more medical and they they are a lot, and probably if you, we scaled them, they're a little more severe than other um, bad days, you have to remind other people as well that just be, we both have bad days. Mine just tend to be more requiring of a. Doctor or um, more medical yeah. assistance where yours don't, but we both have bad days and sort of reminding that in a humorous way to people who are healthy exactly. and able bodied is there's a similarity here. Mine, mine just require medical attention and yours don't.
2: Exactly, and I think that it, it's also just important to not be afraid to speak up. Yeah, when you when you need it, and sometimes able bodies won't understand and. As someone who battles both neurological and, you know, chronic illnesses um, and things, you know, with my immune system, it's going to happen. Yeah. And I think that whether they, however they respond is completely irrelevant. And we have to remember that is I could sit there all day and be jealous that they're able bodied, or I could focus on myself and my own well-being. And at the end of the day, what's going to be more beneficial to me?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I love kind of even ending on that note too of sort of what's the benefit definitely on your end. And before we go into what my one of my favorites, my intermission segment, my favorite one on that, um, I want to thank all of our listeners and viewers for Invisio chat sessions. Like I always say, your support of the nonprofit means so much being able to bring this virtual program to you guys and ha- being featured and listened to in more than eight countries now. Uh, being on the air for a year now has been so thankful. We're expanding all of our programming because of donations and sponsors and charitable funds from listeners and viewers like yourselves. So we always, I know on the screen now is popping our donate link and that'll be in the description box as well. Um, just sort of, we always like to encourage, we love our programming and events to always be free for all of these amazing older youth with chronic illness and disability and being able to provide amazing and fun things like this. So you can listen to podcasts and make sure you're subscribing onto our itunes and every podcast platform you're on or subscribing to our youtube channel as well i am that everything in that regard means so much to us and like i always say to all of you it keeps all the lights on and Envisy youth charity keeps trucking forward so we want to Thank you for that and any support you can always give and paying it forward and sharing this podcast series with all of your friends and family is so thankful. So, what now that I shared a little thank you to all of you, I'm going to go into our intermission segment where it's one of my favorites. It is so that one time where I'm going to have Haley tell me a story.
0: So that one time.
2: Okay. <laughs> Just so you know, and, and you'll see when, we, when we're we in person, the most random things ever happened to me. Everybody's always like, yeah, you just, like, you need to, like, just, like, have a YouTube channel telling <laughs> crazy you
1: crazy things. Need you need to vlog.
2: Yes, I need to vlog. And then I'm like, well, then I need to learn how to edit. And I was like, where do I have the time for that? And they're like, oh, Instagram boyfriend. And I was like, hmm. Oh my gosh, when they're at events, like the the guys doing the different angles. I'm sorry, but I cannot. They are so supportive and I have so much respect for them.
1: (laughs) They They have have so much patience too. (laughs) And so much patience, but I'm
2: almost like, poor guy. Or it just kind of makes me giggle a little bit. And so I'll bring a friend and they're my like Instagram girlfriend or something. Because I can't do that. And they're like just happy to go and like get the... Environment, but I guess my story um, is going to uh, it's uh, (laughs) it's it's kind of (laughs) funny, and it involves my dog. So my dog has a um, a a a boyfriend,
1: right? And
2: I know (laughs) My dog, uh, his name is Stitch, and he's eight. Or no, he's six point eight pounds. Well oh. his boyfriend is a is a mastiff slash shepherd mix. Big boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And it's a hundred and ten pounds. So okay. over a hundred pounds bigger. I love it. And I have uh, I actually work like ten hours a week, um, just because I love it, not because it pays the bills or whatnot, but doing autism behavioral intervention. Mm -hmm. And this is one of my clients, one of their dogs, and his name is Ziggy. (laughs) And, you know, I tried to keep Stitch away from him, tried and tried and tried, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Stitch has become a little bit of, this dog just loves Stitch, and the, the meaner Stitch is, the more he loves him. Like, I just don't understand. That. I'm an anti-bullying advocate. I passed an anti-bullying law. And like, how do you feel when your baby is just horrible? And so he'll go, and this big dog will like have this giant bone that Stitch can't even lift. And Stitch will just like, I would say the snap of his paws, but he doesn't snap. He just goes, and the dog will, will scoot over. Stitch will steal this giant bed where he doesn't even <laughs> fit on like, one-sixth of it, and have this giant bone and won't even do anything but put one paw on it. (laughs) And this dog just will give him whatever he wants, and it's the saddest thing because then the dog is sitting there, like, with his hand on his paws, but still with a smile, like, a little sad, and then just so happy that, you know, Stitch has it. But then it was actually the other day, it was really cute, and I came in and I saw that they were cuddled, but the dog had his paw over Stitch. And at first I thought that he was trapping Stitch and I was like, oh my gosh. But then I just realized his Stitch gets really cold. And so Stitch had was kind of shivering a little bit, but the dog was um, putting his paw and I was like, okay, that's really, really cute.
1: <laughs> Tell me you took a photo of this. I did. I will so send it to you.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's
2: such an adorable thing. And then, you know, it was really cute. And then, you know, they didn't know that I was, like, watching. I was being sneaky. (laughs) I feel like that helicopter parent in secret, like the covert helicopter parent.
0: (laughs) I love it. Like
2: the back of the movie theater when her kids are, like, tweens. (laughs) But actually, Stitch put his little head up on the dog. It was the grossest thing, and I had to give Stitch a bath fully with it mouthful of slobber. Oh. Like this and his whole head was drenched. It was like it was, it was adorable and disgusting at the same time.
1: Oh my god, I love it. Stitch and Ziggy. They need a ship name. They need to have their own Instagram. I'm convinced that that's going to be Stitch's new Insta
2: boyfriend. Stitch,
1: Stitch and Ziggy.
2: <laughs> or like I always I always um I, I used to say like let's get stitchy with it. Like <laughs> let's get jiggy with it. But I could
1: say like oh Stitch god. get
2: no, that, that that sounds wrong. Not even gonna...
1: <laughs> We're going in a different direction than this show is required. <laughs> All right. So after that awesome sort of funny story that Haley was just telling us about her awesome dogs, like we always say animals are such a fun part to have. We're going to go into our last segment of the show, which is going to be all about more social media chatter. Like we just talked about those fun Instagram friends that help you out. We're going to help all of you, which is Haley's specialty, talking about social media and social media branding and influencing, especially for the chronic illness and disability community. So we're going to go into our final final segment which is rebel game changer status rebel game
0: changer status
1: With rebel game changer status, this specifically we're going to do is a fun one. I know a lot of you have wanted us to bring someone on who is a expert in this field, but we're going to be building sort of your upgrade and your ways of a step-by-step guide as a rebel game changer in public activism. So doing that blend of social media influencing with health activism the chronic illness disability advocacy work and so since that's such a big merge for Haley and what she's been able to build and since using social media as a tool even for employment and virtual work is so important for this older youth community since especially with Instagram and social media platforms it's such a prevalent part of their day-to-day and how they advocate how within Visi Youth, we connect and have our brand leaders connecting and fundraising with us so um like we had said in K- um Haley even said sort of in the previous segment is that that blend of influencer with social media activism is a is her real style of what she does on Instagram. So I kind of wanted to see what were what are some sort of tips that you would give to a lot of the older youth in the chronic illness and disability community that want to add that influencer brand support style of their activism at the same time?
2: Um, I think these are all really great questions, and, you know, I think that before you even consider speaking out about your chronic illness, your disability, or whatnot, you really have to think about what your goals are, what your end game is. Mm. Because Mm. if you just want to be famous, I wouldn't encourage that, because... (laughs) One of the one of the really difficult things is there was a YouTube video that came out like 10 years ago about a guy with Tourette's. He really did have Tourette's, but it was just the cursing. But, you know, it's that video because once you put any, anything on the Internet, it never goes away. It doesn't matter if you delete a post on Instagram. It's still there. Yeah. You may not see it on your feed, but it's on the Internet and the amount of people that can also screenshot. But it's also in a database like on Instagram. Yeah. People don't realize that it doesn't really disappear. Um, but that video that he made and posted to YouTube has fueled the misinformation that, you know, certain shows like South Park and Family Guy and whatnot, all about the cursing and mm-hmm. what Tourette's actually is. It, that video itself, you know, kind of became the pun of, of jokes for it. And so it can be what you post. I think people don't realize the power behind what we post is the word influencer comes from influencing. Yeah. And so you yourself become an educator if you're speaking out about something. So you really want to make sure that, you know, your facts are accurate. Uh, I used to think I knew everything about Tourette's until I became trained as an ambassador at 16. And then I actually knew the medical terms. Yeah. So for whatever your disability or illness is, go to the actual nonprofit website and or whatever the official website or, you know, your hospital, wherever you, a, a reputable website and write down the facts um, and memorize them. I memorize them because if I'm making videos, I can say I'm like the top of yeah. the snap of my finger or yeah. whatnot. Or um, the other thing that I say is also safety. Yeah. And so you need to make sure to never like if you're going live or if you're somewhere, don't post your location until after you've left. And I say this because especially if you are a teen or whatnot, um, people are targets um, easily. And especially with with the targets and, and whatnot, people with disabilities, oftentimes we, and not everybody, But sometimes socially, it's hard to understand. And I think whether you have a disability or an illness or not, just reading the tone over a text message, an email, Instagram (laughs) can be really difficult. I would say to also follow other people like me and other people who are speaking up. Follow people who um are you know affiliated who've done ted talks who are young you'd be surprised how many teams have actually done ted talks very very true and look at their instagram for inspiration but i would also just think and try to remember to post positively and so you can share a difficult day but when you start posting and it becomes into a rant
0: <laughs> um, the long captions
2: exactly <laughs> it can not only bring others down but it can you know not every situation is the same within your criteria of your chronic illness or disability and just like that you know guy with the youtube video your rant could be edu- educating someone accidentally yeah and so make sure that if you are sharing an experience you clarify this is my experience but it doesn't apply to everyone and also i try to stay positive and i can you can go through my instagram and you can see that i do talk about days that are sometimes more difficult but I always try to um, say that, you know, like something for an example would be, you know, even though today's difficult and I'm feeling lows, I'm incredibly blessed to have amazing friends in my life. Mm-hmm. Or I would post a picture with my dog and say, you know, a lot of people don't realize how beneficial animals can be when you deal with a chronic illness. Yeah. But having my dog around me actually calms the anxiety and the thoughts that I have regarding my health. Yeah. I think another thing is um knowing when to block somebody. Because I think that when we ourselves suffer from an illness or a disability, we think we're experts. Yeah. Which we are in our own way, but mm-hmm. we're not professionals. And you need to always remember that unless you have a doctor or a degree, you know, something yep. and you specialize in it. And so I think there's a fine line of realizing you can share your own experiences. But knowing to have references that you can give someone to say, hey, I may not know this or I'm not the best person or, hey, go to this such and such website and you can learn all you want. Also, another thing is to know it's OK to block people. And if people do a not so nice comment, don't just take down your post unless I would say, but always have like that friend who you can share a post with before you post it. You can either screenshot. I love to actually write my posts in my notes on my phone so I don't accidentally post it prematurely. And I either have like my sister, sometimes my mom too, if you feel comfortable with that. But I always have someone kind of like read it to get a second opinion because sometimes I will be writing it in a more emotional state and I'll have a friend that'll be like, Okay, you're sharing way too much.
1: <laughs> pull pull back, and, back a bit. <laughs> yeah. No, and I oh, like... Oh, I no, thought you were saying... We no, oh, no, not bit. you. Sorry, no. Pull back <laughs> on your comments. Sorry. Oh, my God. No, never mind. That- <laughs> I think
2: that the term, and this goes really well with social media, is the less is more actually works, and I'll tell you why. When you share, and I'm not saying to not share or whatnot, but sometimes... Just sharing the main kind of the main points. Yes, you can do your story, whatever or whatnot. But that if you give them all of the information, they're not going to ask questions. I love when people ask questions because it gives me an opportunity to educate. Yeah. Now, for the following and whatnot, a few things you can do. And this is actually to help grow numbers organically. So that's more of the content wise.
1: Take your notes um, out, guys. I'm like bullet pointing in my head yes. mentally what Haley's saying. I, I had there there's like questions hard. on this card, and she's just answering them without me. Of,
2: I get paid hourly to consult and grow numbers um, mm. organically because I turn numbers into sales. That's what I do. Um, there are a few apps that I live by, and I don't just give this out. So this is like an exclusive.
1: There we go, Number guys. One. Pen and paper. Take your notes out. I'm, I'm listening mentally. <laughs>
2: I think it is, one of my favorite apps, it's called when to post and you hook it up to your Instagram and it will tell you based on your following, what's the best time of day to post that because when you'll get traction, that means that if you post exactly when it says you're going to get the most amount of likes. Um, Another thing, if you want to know what hashtags to post that are relevant, let's say you're going into beauty or whatnot, hashtagify dot me, H A S H, wait, T A G, I F Y dot me, um, and type in your keyword and it'll give you about 10 other words that are similar. Um,
1: Taking <laughs> out the notepad for people on YouTube. Actually, <laughs> you
2: <just want laughs> now, before you even consider doing those, search that hashtag on Instagram and you want that hashtag to have between 50,000 and 500,000 um, hashtags. So you don't want it under that or you're not going to get any traction. Um, the other thing, and this is a huge thing that people don't know, is right when you post, make and I like to do this and I do it with friends. Uh, we kind of like have a time of day usually where we post or we text each other like five minutes before we're going to post. Mm-hmm. And this is how you're going to get your post to get seen and get it to rise really fast to the top. That means that on your explore tab or your home screen, that's what's going to pop up on your followers. Hmm. And Instagram has changed the algorithm so that all of these things that pop up aren't normally seen. And you only see about, I think it's like 30% of who you follow now. And this is the same people. So if you want to get in that home screen, what you do is within the first 60 seconds and I know that's tough um you get your friends to comment right when you post but it has to be four words or more or it does not show up on the algorithm they don't teach you this um so that means if you're doing a giveaway and you're saying oh like and follow this uh uh-uh and that's because you won't show up you won't get very many what you have to do is ask them a question because usually when you ask them a question like, okay, let's say you're advertising candy um, or not advertising, but you're doing a giveaway for candy. Like yeah. what's your favorite f- or what flavor would you love to win um, or and and who would you like to share it with or where would you like to eat it? Because then they're going to say like, oh, grape at and at the beach, grape and at the beach. That's five. That's going to hit your algorithm. Uh-huh. Um, so, you have to do that. But also, just like on the regular posts, the most comments and likes you can get within the first 60 seconds, I think you could do it technically in the first two minutes, is what's going to push it. So, sometimes that can be beneficial. Like, if let's say you have two pages on Instagram, you immediately go and like it with the other page and comment. So, you have to like uh-huh. and comment. So, you tell your friends to like whatever you posted and comment with more than four words, and that's going to push it up. Um, I, a few other apps that I like to use. If you're ever making a flyer or want to make something really pretty for your Instagram story, just aesthetically pleasing, um, I use Canva. Oh, Canva is and, our
1: favorite thing in the world.
2: <laughs> it's, it's like being a graphic designer without being a graphic designer.
1: Preach, my favorite thing. Um,
2: another thing that I use, if you look at my Instagram, I have a white square around it, which makes it really aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. And Um, that's called insta size. And that means that if you look at a lot of influencers or people in brands, they're all very light colored and it's because it flows, but I'm able to kind of mix in a little bit darker because I have that white background. Oh, okay. Um, another thing that I will oftentimes, um, and, and it just, once again, it just kind of depends like, uh. For videos and whatnot, I will also use InstaSize. So I if if I want to square, because a video taken on a phone is going to be a rectangle,
0: Yeah.
2: I will post it on Instagram really quickly and remove it just so it's in the square mode. Then do it on InstaSize. And that's how I get it. Oh. Um, also, if you want to continue to grow your traction and whatnot, you need to be active on your stories. And mm. that means that every day you should have at least five to six stories And at least one to two of them should actually be your face or you talking. Because when you go to a Instagram page or whatnot, like when people go to mine, I always consciously ask myself before I post, what are they getting out of my page? True. And so the answer to that is empowerment, positivity, hope. And so if people are going to your page, how are you benefiting them? How are you impacting them? Because if you can't answer that question, they're not going to stay. Yeah. And- also, you could have a ton of niches. Stick to one first, master that. I always like to also do—I um, call them my ten superfans. Doesn't matter whether you're a celebrity, a blogger, or whatnot. That means that I have a list of the ten people who constantly, always tag or support or whatnot. Very true. And I always try to pay it forward and resp- and always. Or, or try to go and like their stuff at least once or twice a week, go in and comment. I know, you know, who they are as a person, so I know them by name, because those are the people who are going to constantly comment and continuously support you, and I will sometimes even do shout-outs for them, like, hey, thanks so much to such-and-such such who's always so supportive of my journey, because it just makes them feel special, or what I really do to really say thank you, and sometimes I'll do this for new new followers, Especially if I see like, oh, somebody with a disability or has been bullied just followed me. I'm going to want to show them that I really care. And so I'll take, it might take like 10 seconds out of my day and I'll be like, hi, thanks so much for the follow such and such because it's their name, but I'll have gone through their page first. And let's say they have a cat. Thanks so much for the follow. You have the cutest cat ever. Have an amazing day. And just sending that video that you took the time to actually do that. Yeah, you've just created a a loyal follower. At the end of the day, you could have a zillion followers, but if they're not actually interested in you or just interested in your looks or whatnot, that doesn't benefit you because anytime you try to promote a cause you care about or a brand, they're not going to support it.
1: Yeah, even kind of and? taking it one step further, kind of like ending it on this note with the at this segment, um, kind of taking it one step into a lot of what the big thing we'll always get, especially in the young people that we work with who are bloggers that have chronic illness and disability, and that's very much in the forefront of their social media um, activism that they do. It's it's very much part of their narrative. Like you said, they've found that niche. Um, but we'll always get from a lot of them saying they feel very nervous about even having brand support because they They say, well, I I have a physical disability or a chronic illness or I talk about my health quite a bit. I don't know how brands would want to work with me or which brands I should want to work with. So even kind of ending it on that note, what would be Mm -hmm. sort of your sort of game changer advice of what you would suggest to young people in that um, chronic illness and disability community that want to have take that social media partnership to the next level?
2: Absolutely. Um, First of all, as someone who I don't just work in social media, I work in within branding Mm -hmm. and I'm a, I work in brand strategy. And so I'm very much up on what's trending, what's popular. And you'd be surprised at how many brands want to work with people with disabilities, with illnesses and whatnot. If you look at campaigns for Nike, Puma, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) L'Oreal, CoverGirl, they're all using it because diversity and different is becoming more acceptable. It's becoming in. Yeah. And that in itself is really awesome. But I think if you're self-conscious about working with a brand, I think most people would expect me to say, well, just do it and raise awareness. Absolutely not. I say at the end of the day, do what you feel comfortable with because You don't have an obligation to educate others just because you speak publicly about your disability. That's not all you have to speak about. And I think I want to end this in saying, you know, and when people follow me on my social media, they see I am a foodie. I love healthy food. I have pictures of my dog. I love to travel. I like fashion. I I have Tourette's, but that's not like everything Mm -hmm. I have. Like, that's not who I am. And I think just staying true to who you are, but not being drowned out, being like, "Oh, I got a following because I spoke out about whatever I'm going through." But that that doesn't define you. That doesn't define you social media. People want to know. Who you
1: hey, Haley, you're you're covering your mic. Oh, there we go. Oh God, <laughs> do that my phone. Oh yeah, I did because I was with you in the. I have a thing where I just cover oh. mics on phones. And I was. I have headphones in. I'm going. Am I losing sound or is Aileen covering? Um, no. But I. Lo- I love that you said that too. Is knowing when knowing that you that it's it's such a multifaceted. Even if in every post you have on social media, especially for a lot of the older youth we work with, they every post they have has a relation to their health. But like you said, that's one part of the many parts. You can talk about your health in every post, but it could be you and what. you're you're wearing that day and mention your health or the your pet that you're with and Absolutely. mention your health and it f- feeds in and I know a big thing that we always say of brands that support us and spa- cha- our charitable sponsors to us and I know this relays to you too it's brands that we see them doing that push for diversity and inclusivity but it's also brands and connections and other social media influencers and activists that are very much followed by your own community if you're seeing that they're followed by my friends plus 167 other followers you see that relationship and then that kind of can boost your confidence going i could bring something to a relationship and i like this brand or partnership or individual on my own regardless of The style you want to bring into it. So I think like you said, that's key is you have so many different types of posts, but your main message of empowerment of diversity and activism sort of all
2: knowing your message that you're consistently putting out so I could be talking about my medical health or my disability, but it all ties in. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to do it. Because otherwise, if you just post about completely random, irrelevant things, you're going to get different followers for each of those things. And so instead of consistently getting a lot of likes or whatnot, if that's what you're after, you're only going to get those certain people liking certain posts. Um, I think to end this, I can also say is social media can be really amazing Mm -hmm. in the aspect. It can help you find that community, that support system and whatnot. But social media is something where I also encourage people live in the real life. I work in social media and anytime I'm out with friends for lunch or whatnot, I'll take a picture of it. My phone goes away. Yeah. And I think to just remember to not get lost in it. And especially when you start to gain traction, it can become intoxicating. Mm -hmm. And I've been through those phases. And like when I don't have my phone, I'm like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Where's my phone? (laughs) And that drives me absolutely crazy.
1: No, and I love the speak sort of like ending ironically on taking being truthful and transparent with social media kind of ends our ends the episode where I'm going to then ask um, Haley to tell everyone where they can find you on this amazing social media platforms that you're on. So we can have all of our listeners and viewers get to find you and see all the great activism that you're doing.
2: Absolutely. I uh, can be found on Instagram and it's at it's Haley grip. I T S. H-A-Y-L-E-Y-G-R-I-P-P. Um, my Post with Integrity campaign is at Post with Integrity. And then I think by the time this airs, because it's almost about to launch, uh, my official website, which is going to be www.hayleygrip.com. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd say reach out to me or whatnot. Yeah. I do my best to respond um, I love to answer questions, and I'm here to support or give guidance to anybody in need.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, Haley and I, and Haley's um, supportive InvisiYouth came through our Instagram page. So if it you did. can <laughs> you can find Haley on social media, and like I always tell everyone, you can find InvisiYouth on our website, InvisiYouthCharity.com, or on our social media platforms, which is Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at InvisiYouth. And as always, you can subscribe and comment, give thumbs up, five stars, everything on our video podcast series. You can find us on YouTube at InvisiYouth Charity and on pretty much every podcast platform at the InvisiYouth chat session. So iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, the the whole gamut of podcasts. So I want to... Thank everybody for taking the time to listen and watch this episode. I especially want to thank Haley for being our guest. And um, we will get to speak to all of you guys again soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you.